It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome back to the long-awaited return of The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and this week marks the return of the Everton Fan Show after a brief hiatus. A lot has transpired since the last fan show was recorded and the worst thing isn't even the fact I'm now a married man. The worst thing is Everton's season has gone completely tits up. And it's not even November. We swear no. We are swearing, I don't yeah, care. Swearing that no, I don't care. It's it's got to it's got to that point. Already. <laughs> My guests to discuss this week, debate and moan about all things Everton, we have Rob Astle. Hello Rob. Evening, mate. You okay? Yeah, uh, very good. Uh, and sat next to Rob, we have Ben Crawford. Hello, Ben. Hi, mate. You okay? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, lads, is it an unfair assessment, what I've just said? Has Everton's season gone tits up? It's only seven games in, isn't it? I mean, it's not been great. <laughs> yeah, it has. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> you think it, uh, uh, I think there's still time for it to turn around and to be a really good season. We're still, in, we're still surprisingly, in the Carabao Cup. That, that that's is, a plus, isn't it? That, that's normally we're well the up main by now. bonus, isn't it? But I can't know. believe how far we've got in the Carabao Cup. Oh yeah, getting nosebleeds. What, what is this? Fifth, fourth round, fifth round. Is it? Hang on, we one away from the quarters. No, fourth, fourth round. Sorry, fourth, yeah, fourth yeah. round. Yeah. Don't get it out of yourself. Come yeah. on now. You know, people will say, you know, we should have had a better. You know, we should have had a better start than this. We had winnable fixtures, left, right, and centre. City was probably the only free pass that we had really in terms of you know not picking up points. You know, what are we in? Four defeats, two wins and a draw. It should be much, much better than that. But I think the circumstances surrounding that, which is a reason as to why it's not like that. Um, and, you know, you could, you could start, you could say Silver hasn't had a first choice midfield for the majority of the season. I still don't think he knows his best lineup at the minute. That's, that's what worries me, to be honest. That worries, yeah. That worries me, um, he doesn't know his best lineup. I, t- I think it's a mix of them two. What's the problem at the minute? I think he's he said before he wants to play four three three, but he obviously doesn't trust the midfielders that he's got. While Schneid, not Schneidland, while um, Gomez and Gabaman are out injured to play that formation. Saturday went tits up, as you would say, yeah. after a minute because he's got to make a change already. So the game plan's out the window there. Bournemouth should have been much better. Sheffield United was a disaster. So it hasn't been great. But there's still a chance to turn this round into a very productive season. Well, Ben, you you kind of said it has gone tits up, so you you obviously kind of disagree with Rob, who has brought up some valid points about you know missing players and you know lack of depth in, in defence. But you know it's a problem, isn't it? And it's a problem that, regardless of whatever problems it is, it it needs fixing through silver. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably being a bit harsh to jump on the gun there, but. I think the problem I've got is I just don't see any changes game to game. I see the same formation, the same kind of personnel every week. And isn't that the definition of madness, doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result? You know, it's I'm, I, I agree about the midfield, that's unfortunate. But to me, I'm Fabian Delph and even Morgan Snyder, who's not brilliant, 
that that's better than the Sheffield United midfield, isn't it? Come on, that's it's it's, it's still a mid-table Premier League midfield, and we're not even playing like that at the moment. I'm I'm not saying the season's over. And I, I you know Carabao Cups are great, great positive, but I guess I guess I just want to see more green shoots. So that you know if we were playing really well, but just being just short of results, I'd be a bit more reassured. But I'm sort of give or take the City game where I thought we actually played okay. Sheffield United, the Bournemouth game, even the Villa game early in the season. I, I just, you know, as soon as we conceded the first goal, we, we were never going to win it, were we? Is it acceptable to just say, well, it's Manchester City, so we like, we just accept it, we knew we knew this was going to happen? Didn't say that five, ten years ago on the most, did we? What's, mm. the, what's the point in playing against them if, that, yeah. if you're just going to accept it? Don't get me wrong, City are a, an exceptional football team. They're world class and they shoot, they proved that on, on Saturday night. I, I don't so, mean just accept the defeat, like as in beforehand, like just, you obviously, I mean, go out there and obviously mm. battle and play, which yeah. is what we did. What I mean is, though, to to say after you know after the fact we've got beat and we just go, oh well, it, it was City, so we we didn't expect it. I, I said just before. I mean, for me, the City game was Silver's only free pass, really. Yeah. Because um, they are the best team, you know, definitely in England, you know, certainly maybe in Europe as well, and. They're just so much better than us in all areas. I think a lot of Everton fans went into that game expecting a reaction from the players, but maybe not necessarily getting the results. And that is something that you've got to kind of like get out. It's almost like that, that is a bit of a small-minded mentality in a way. But that's where we are at the minute. That's the state that the play. That's the state of play. And it's got to change soon. Otherwise, Marco Silva will pay for it with his job. Well, that's just focus on the City game then Ben I mean we mentioned there you know um, Walcott's got, gone off injured and Awobi's come on so the starting lineups completely messed up the game plan's out the window but what what was his game plan for, from f- to play the likes of of Walcott from the start and um, obviously the likes of Dominic Avenue who, who scored a couple of goals the past couple of games yeah. um, who did we have on the left can't even um, Richarlison on the Charles left so you know is it just a case of he's hoping He's doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for for different results. Um, well, as much as we obviously, when Theo Walcott went off, we all wished him the best, and we didn't want him to be hurt. I actually thought Alex Iwobi when he came on was probably one of our better players. I think the first goal comes from him, run down the middle, and I'll be honest, I, when I saw the team, I didn't get it. I mean, I've vented my opinions about Walcott on this before. I think me and Rob disagreed a couple of times on him, but. You won't, you won't, you won't disagree with me on Walcott. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I just, I just don't really see what he was going to do. I don't even think he offers more if he was thinking from a defensive point of view. I was sort of just looking at it when I will become on thinking that that's a better team as much as it has to move with Charleston out the way. Unfortunately, do you think he was trying to go with pace like on the counter attack with Walcott? Alex Iwobi's got pace, though, hasn't he? Mm. I think. I mean, for me, one thing I've noticed is Alex Iwobi doesn't track back. Mm. Fair point. And I think. City being City, you need to gang up on them in a way. And Seamus Coleman, numerous times in the first half, it was that same ball being floated over the top to Sterling, and Coleman was either nowhere near him or left really isolated with him. And I think the point in having Walcott on was Walcott will do the defensive work and help him out. And you're getting a, a, makeshift, a makeshift City defence there, then you've got Fernandinho and Otamendi, who haven't been great. And to be fair, they weren't great on... On the Saturday night, no, they look shaky. You know, we we created 
I think was it eight shots on target we had or eight eight goals or something, which is like mostly a record. Like faced, isn't it? Yeah. Mostly ever faced under Guardiola or, or for a long time. We anyway. did have chances, didn't we? We had chances, you know, to, to certainly get you know go ahead in the game and, and and certainly at least pull ourselves back into it. And I think that was his game plan: get them on the break, you know, try and hit them with pace, with balls over the top to Carvalho. Obviously, after fifty seconds, the you know the freakest of injuries. Um, I felt sorry for Walcott because do you know what I thought when it hit him, there was a slight reaction from when him, him got like fallen down, but he was clearly just out. I thought he's done that on purpose, head injury. The referee's going to stop the game because City game. came away with the ball, but, <laughs> but he no, was, he was completely out cold. Like out cold, yeah. yeah. It was the freakest of injuries because the ball didn't even seem that strong. No, no, in, that, yeah, that, it that didn't. Was, that was yeah, <laughs> you know, and and. So the game plan's out the window there. I mean, it's all ifs and buts because the game's gone now, and you know we've had to make that change, and we've come away without with another with another defeat. But I thought we created on another day. Yeah, Edison saved them there. He saved twice. Sorry, once from Mina, once from Sigurdsson in the second half, and once from Calvert Lewin when the ball was dinked over the top. There's three guilt edge chances there. Any other keeper. They're in the back of the net because mm. they, they were world class saves, and that's the reason they'll win the title again is because they've got a player like him at the back who win them points like that. Whereas, where, where is Jordan Pickford? Where is Jordan? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Where is, jo- where is Jordan Pickford? For me, should save that second goal. Mara's his free kick with ease. Do you know what? I haven't even I haven't even looked back at um, any of the game. So I remember you said coming out in the game fuming, Rob. That what is Pickford doing? Um, so I can't, I can't actually comment. It did look like he should have done a lot better. Do a lot better with it, a lot, lot better. He, he he's marshaled the wall to cover us, to cover one side, and he's covering the side where the ball goes in the net. There's no excuse for it. Don't get me wrong, it's a great free kick. It's got pace on it, but at least get get an answer it and you know parry it out for a corner or you know save it in any kind of way. He should he should be saving that. Um, just sorry, just on Pickford, um, Ben the. Did you did you get onto the fact that um, he was laughing as well after he made a, a mistake or two? What 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 is, what is with that? Because it's not the first time he's done that. And I read on one of the um, online articles on Talksport, Gary Neville was scathing of Pickford Jordan Sky's um, Sky Sports's uh, coverage of the game. Um, is it just a nervous thing from him because he knows he's messed up? Or uh, surely it's got to be that. Well. You're, you're open, so aren't you? I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't, obviously, I was sat in the park end, I didn't notice it when the goal went in. Yeah. It was only when I sort of went home and was going to watch match today, my girlfriend told me, oh, did you see Gary, ne- Gary Neville having a proper go at Pickford for laughing? I said, what? No, I didn't see it. So when I watched it back, I'm not sure. I'm torn because on one hand, it's it's really patronising to the other fans. On the other hand, I think I'd be a bit more worried if he just put his head in his hands and just crawled on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, he knows he should do better. He knows he should yeah, do better. He, know, yeah. he, he He's he's one of them keepers for me. He's very sort of, he's very off the wall, and he'll just sort of very emotional. And yeah, so I don't think he can win either way there. Because if he stands there with his hand on his hips, just sort of looking at the ground, you say he hasn't got the big mentality. He does that, and then he gets a different reaction. But it's 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 a difficult one. But yeah, they just you know from the got pa- beat, didn't we? So from from the from the park end, watching that live, yeah. Immediately, I mean, I sit in the street end. Did you think he should have saved that straight away from being in the I'll be honest with you, the free kick was that quick. I, the way we saw it, it was we were more concerned the City players were standing in the wall because we were looking at it and we were thinking, surely the rules come in now about City players standing. Well, it looked as though they stepped away as the ball was it, and the ball just seemed to fly through and into the corner. And at first, to be honest, it just looked like a really good free kick and it looked like really fast. But when you watch it back, 
he should get to it really, shouldn't he? Because he, he should know, yeah. he should see it coming. See, for, immediately from my view, I was like, he should be saving that. Yeah, I mean, but, personally, I don't want to be too. I, I completely agree. I'm not. I'm not uh, disagreeing with you, but I, I don't want to be too critical of Pickford because yeah. if you remember rightly, the first couple of games of the season where we were scraping the one nils, um, he made a couple of match winning saves that obviously they were basically match winning saves and they were quality, high quality saves. Now he does seem to go through periods where he's just unstoppable. He's just he's just saving everything left, right and centre and, you know, commanding and clean sheets and then he'll go through this period, which obviously the whole team's going through this period, but he's one of the characters in the team really that we need to stand up and be counted for, don't mm. we? You know, when it's not going well. I'm sure he you know he's very vocal and he does a lot of shouting, but we can't have we can't be having one of the, you know, influential players in the team laughing like that, regardless of whether it's it's not meant in a disrespectful way. He's obviously from my point of view, he's clearly just annoyed at himself. He's nervous and he's just thought, ah, they'll start laughing at it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I, that, that, that's how I see it. But I know a lot of Everton fans have been really annoyed at it. And like I said, Gary Neville I was skating about it. I saw a tweet, it might have even been last night or this morning, and it said something like Jordan Pickford is, um, is scarily in the in the, in the the Joe R territory now of like making mistakes. I think he's like, come on. So he, 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 Give him to last of the Euros yet. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's a... He's a He's a world-class goalkeeper. Yeah. And if you think of the results of the Premier League, you know, Edison, best keeper in the league, didn't keep a clean sheet at the weekend, you know, at the weekend. And clean sheets for keepers, that's like them scoring a goal. And, but they are hard to come by. And I know he's conceded, but every other keeper concedes. The world, you know, Alisson concedes. Edison concedes. The gay concedes. Well, seemingly we've got a shaky defence at the minute as well. You know, and, and I, I think... To get to jump on his back, it, I think it's classic Everton fan behaviour. From being honest, as soon as a player starts doing something wrong, it's like, oh my god, get him off the team kind of thing. I saw someone have a, put a, put a case for Lossell to start. Who do we play on Saturday? Burnley, Burnley. Yeah. Play to start Lossell. I think that's just silly. That just achieves nothing. And uh, to to jump on Pickford's back like that, like you said, there he's made match winning saves early in the season and he's won his points. And he won us plenty of points last season as well. You know, we had, what was it, 13, 14 clean sheets last year. Yeah. Still a long way to go in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure I, I, I just wanted the opinion of you, yeah, you guys. I I'm, he's, not, I'm not criticising personally. He's yeah. made match on the saves. But at the end of the day, it was a talking point from the game. Mm. Sky picked up on it. Gary Neville picked up on it. And a lot of Everton fans picked up on it as well. So I just thought I'd, I'd bring it up. Um, ben, just back to Silver and his decision-making. Was, was his substitutions what you would have done? Um, change the game? Certainly not putting Moise Keane on the right wing for me. I had no problem with Moise Keane getting brought on. If anything, I thought, you know, the game's kind of a two, when it was 2 1, when he came on, it was, you know, even if you put two up top, I know you're against Manchester City, but if you put two up top and you get the ball in to the box, you might have a chance. So even taking Sigurdsson off and putting another striker up would have been okay for me, but I don't see. I mean, Alex Wilby came on sub as well, so I don't know why. He took Alex Iwobi off for me and brought on Moise Keane to play on the right wing. The balance didn't seem to work for me because, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm happy to see Moise Keane coming on. But you've got to play him in his correct position. You've got to either have him as a striker or not really. So I, that's that's the only one that really stuck out for me at the time, I thought. I don't really know. Well, he looked like he was just putting him on to get Moise Keane on and that's not 
a two-one down game wasn't gone. We played well enough to get back in the game. And if you had we chances after that, went yeah, down, if we'd have had two yeah. wingers either side of two strikers, I think that would have been more benefit than having a striker on the wing and guilty Sigurdsson sort of floating round working hard but not really getting hold of the ball. Silly part about it. I mean, you're saying there, you know, bringing Moise Keane on. Like this is back to my original point. Uh, just as the podcast started. I don't think Silver knows his best team for me. It was an experimental substitution. Let's see how it works. This is that was I think that was one of his versions of four three three that he wants to try. And I I just don't think and with you Ben, I'd rather would have gone to Calvert Lewin and Keane up top and kept two wingers on. Did, and, did, and, did we not sorry to interrupt, but did we not try that against Sheffield United and we just we, we looked worse we with tried, two up front? We tried Jen Tosin, who, you know, he's not Carl Loom was winning stuff in the air, wasn't he, for mm. knockdowns and that? No, no, winning, I, 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 I agree that obviously Tosin's probably a different animal to um, Keane in a negative way, but like I, I, Silver's not being helped at all, is he, by what he's, what he's got in front of him, really. You know, we haven't got a settled team. You know, no. We don't know where the goals are coming from and we're conceding. The, we, we are getting the goal from Dominic Carver Lewin, aren't we? We are, and... But again, this is back to me. He's experimenting with things, and but he's running out of time. Burnley now on Saturday. I mean, I know we'll probably touch on it later, but Burnley is must win for him. Otherwise, he's going into an international break there, mm. and I think it's West Ham at home after that. And if he doesn't beat West Ham at home, nice no, will be out, won't he? You know, then and as much as I don't want him to go, Everton Twitter world will be wanting hounding him out, and you know. I, so we've got to get this team settled now on this next international break or before 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 Burnley. I, I win. I would just beat Burnley. Just beat them in any shape or form. A one 0 scrape it one 0 like smash and grab like Sheffield United did to us. You know, just get just get a goal. Is a draw good enough? No, no, no. Not for, a, not for what Silver to keep his job, or no, not the, a draw. He'll keep his job anyway. He'll keep, he? he'll keep his job anyway. But a, a draw is definitely isn't good enough because. We thought we were going after them top spots this season with Leicester and they're flying and they'll just get further and further away from us and West Ham aren't doing too bad either and we play them after that so a draw's not good enough and, and he's got to, he, we've got to beat Burnley got to beat them I'm not bothered about performance I want just want three points just to get out of our systems get a, get a win before the international break mm. I mean Ben we discussed before we came in the podcast you, you mentioned that you know three defeats in a row and if it's Against Burnley, it's, it could potentially be four. I mean, anything from two defeats in a row to three defeats in a row is, is deemed as a crisis in the Premier League, isn't it? It is. Uh, I remember the Leicester manager, I think Craig Shakespeare, saying uh, four game. If you don't four games in the Premier League, that's a crisis. And to be fair, it, that kind of crept up on us that because the cup win was in the middle of it. Mm. I only realised like the other day we've lost, not even like drawn, we've lost the last three Premier League games, and that's that. That's quite worrying. Badly as well. It, it, yeah, exactly. We haven't been unlucky. I know, to be fair, City was probably the best performance out of the three. I mean, to be fair, that's not difficult, is it? Because Bournemouth, they were terrible. And against Sheffield United, they were worse. But, yeah, it, that, that's that's the situation now. Everton's, Everton's problem is at the minute is we can break team... We can score against teams like City. We can beat, We can break them down. Because they give create, you space. And we can create chances because they give you space. But teams come to Goodison Park now and when teams play against us like the likes of Bournemouth they don't give us any space and our number 10 can't find our number 10 and our wingers can't find that killer pass into the centre forward so what we do is we resort to whipping balls in from the box and them two strikers Tom and Calvert-Lewin and um, 
Moise Keane don't thrive off that. We thrive off balls through the middle to feet or off playing off the shoulder. We don't do that. We don't get in behind. We don't create chances. Well, the reason we don't get in behind um, is because we play a high line and we play that far up, which we aim to play that far up the pitch that when we do have possession of the ball, when it comes to the final third, we Premier League defenders are nowadays so well organised that we can't get through them. Like you said, we can't get in behind. So Half mile defence. The way it's half my defence. Yeah, yeah, half my defence. <laughs> yeah. Inevitably, it'll go out wide or go back, but, you know, it'll go out wide for an attack crossed in, which most of the time crosses, unless it's an absolute pinpoint cross, it's just look at the look at the draw, isn't it? You're just throwing the ball in. Mm. And I'd say that's why Dominic Carver-Lewin's been getting on the score sheet a little bit. But usually the, the opposition defence just deals with the ball. You know, I can't even remember the last time we scored a goal where it was like a through ball or in, in behind the fence, really. I, I just think we haven't got the players to be playing this high line and the defence, Keane and Mina, aren't even quick enough. to. They haven't, they haven't got the pace or the speed to be playing a high line, especially when we're, we're trying to defend. Fair points. And that's up to Silver now to get this to get this fixed because, for me, one of our biggest problems at the minute is Gilfie Sigurdsson. Mm. I thought he did okay, to be fair, on Saturday. It was all huff and puff again from him. That's what he seems to do, Gilfie Sigurdsson. He, he'll run around to his heart's content, but he doesn't He doesn't dictate the matches as a number 10. He doesn't He doesn't run an attack, which is what you want from a number, a number 10. He has, like, like glances of, like, like little, you know, little moments, like a couple of seconds here and there during the match. It's not good enough, mm. which is why I think when Gabamon and Gomez are back fit, I think you'll see him drop out the team and he'll play. He's got his pick then of the the three forwards he want to play with. It's Bernardo, Wobie, Richarlison. Uh, he seems Green, to be picking uh, Sigurdsson for all the important games though, doesn't he? So like, yeah. does, does he? Does that mean he rates him, or does that mean he's got to play him because he's you know he's been we paid forty five million pound for him. I know Silver didn't, but it's like is it like well he's got to play because he's worth we paid so much money for him. I'd hope to think that's not the case because, you you know, you should be in the team on merit, not because you cost 45 million quid. You know, if you're not playing well, you shouldn't really be in the team, should you? Mm. You know, other players have dropped out because of that. So it shouldn't just be just because Gilfie Sigurdsson's cost this much money. He shouldn't automatically be in the team. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just want more from him as, as this number 10. And he should be, you know, you know, finding passes and finding finding centre forwards a lot easier than he has been. I noticed that this was this was, I'm going back here, this is Sheffield United that there was a there was a get, there was a moment in the first half against Sheffield United where he picked the ball up and he had loads of space to run run into and Moise Keane was running off the shoulder of their centre half and Moise Keane was the pass and he didn't he passed it sideways to go uh, to um to the Charles and I'm thinking what are you doing that for? Show a bit more Directness, ingenuity, and directness, and, and play that passing that Moise Keane's absolutely screaming for, because he's going to beat that player for pace. Mm. Just feel like the team at the minute, and, and Gilfie Sigurdsson, especially in terms of creating chances, that I think it's like they're almost terrified. That second half against Sheffield United, we didn't create anything. They keep it had the easiest afternoon he's ever had. It's all about agency as well, though, and like yeah. the fighting. I just don't think there was any fight in that Sheffield United game. Like, you know. You win your battle, your individual battles first, and we just didn't win any individual battles on that game. I mean, that that you know that that's gone now, hasn't it? But I mean, Ben, in the in the grand scheme of things, as Silver not being, 
I don't want to be making excuses for him because he isn't faultless. You know, he's got issues that he needs to address himself and hopefully not be stubborn and hopefully change things about. But he has been unlucky, hasn't he, in terms of, you know, I think the transfer window, we thought it was better than it was. And, you know, so 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 it's been, it's actually been a terrible transfer window. Um, we lost two of our best players and Zuma and Guy haven't replaced Zuma. Um, we've replaced Guy, you could say, with Gabamon, who's now injured. And... Our best midfielder, arguably our best midfielder in Gomez, has has been injured as well. Um, you know, obviously they are excuses, but it's it's not helped, has it at all? No, but the only other thing is for me, I don't actually think some of the transfers went great in the end. We didn't quite get the centre half we needed, and maybe even not judging him too early, but Moiskeen doesn't look like he's ready to be the number nine yet for 20 goals. Well, that's another thing. It's been a few so, years, but he's not ready now. Yeah, that's another thing. So I'm all for the, you know, the, this, you know, process that Everton have, um, or this project, sorry, that Everton are doing, that Brands is, is, is like implementing, you know, buy young and develop, hopefully improve the team. And then in a couple of years time, if we need to sell for, X amount of profit, then then so be it. But we needed a goal scorer right now, regardless of whether he was 19, 25 or 30. We should have bought an out-and-out goal scorer in the summer. And he might be that in five years' time, but he's not that now, is he? No, he's not. And But the thing is at the moment, and I can't help it, every time I watch Leicester, including yesterday, I look at Leicester and sort see it as what could have been for us because I would look at Leicester yesterday take Jamie Vardy out the equation I don't think their starting 11 is that much better than ours I think it's pretty like for like mm. I really don't you know you'll, they've got a great second right back in Pereira we've got Lucas Dean you know the mid, they've got Tielemans we've got Gomez you know we, we've got very similar teams but the difference is Goals they've got teams. a 25 goal a season strike, and they have for the last 4 or 5 years mm. and I'm convinced that is the only thing different but at the same so but to go back to your earlier point, he can make excuses about injuries and that, but he, I don't believe for one minute the games we've lost recently, even with the injuries we had, do we not have a better 11 out there than Sheffield United, than Bournemouth, than Aston Villa? I think we did. And yeah, we may have had injuries, but it happens to every team. Look at Man City. They are no completely different comparison, but they've had basically three centre-halves out injured for a long time. Played the midfield at centre-back, and they've still... It's ever since Laporte got injured, uh, one game aside against Norwich, they've won everything, haven't they? Mm. You know, in in Europe and everything. So we can make excuses, but at the end of the day, he's got good players there. And I don't look at that squad after transfer window and think, oh, he's, he's playing, he's playing with a bad hand. He's got a good team there, and he needs to make the best of it. The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast. Do you agree with that, Rob? I mean, I know you're willing to give Silver time, but is he not making the best use of the current players that are fit and available at this moment in time? I can't really disagree with any of that, to be honest with you. Um, I watched a bit of Leicester yesterday as well. And I totally they look agree, good, I don't they? I, they, they look, look very good, good. But, but, but you're right, though. But They look like we should goals, be. Goal scorer aside, they're, they're, they're exactly like us. And how do they, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched much of Leicester, so how, how are they playing at the moment? Are they like counter-attacking? 4-2-3-1, like, like four, we two, trying three, to do. Yeah, exactly. But are they counter-attacking? Are they high-press? Are they um, possession, possession football? I'd say possession football, but with a press when they lose the ball, so it's like the perfect hybrid. Mm. They play, basically, I think, like Silva wants to play, but they've got a fellow up front, put on 
brilliant runs in behind that their midfielders can just ping a pass to. We haven't got that. Mm. That's the difference. I can't, I, I can't disagree with what you're saying about Silver. He has got a he has got a good team there. I think I think what he is lacking though, and what is killing us at the minute, is we're missing that midfielder who can make that killer pass. It's no, it, you know. It's what Sigurdsson should be doing, isn't it? But it's what Andre Gomez does as well. True. And Andre Gomez makes that midfield tick. Yeah. And I thought Delph was magnificent on Saturday. He was my man of the match, personally. What's that midfield three then? When the um, everyone's fit. Gabaman sitting. And then you've got Delph and Gomez. Gomez is the three. Gomez is the three. That that's what it is for me. And then but the two wins the, the, the two God, that sounds terrible that doesn't it? The two wins that we've had this year. <laughs> Andre Gomez has been instrumental in them wins mm. as a midfielder. Especially against Wolves. His energy in midfield and his drive. And, and, and his and it, it, it's it's his known where to pass, when to pass, who to pass to. He's got players looking for the ball. With Schneiderland now, Schneiderland passes it sideways. But that's all he's but that's all Silver's got yeah. to put in that role. And and Schneiderland, let's let's face facts, people will bang on about like, oh yeah, he's a French or he was a French international, blah blah blah, and he's cost twenty five million quid. But he's crap, isn't he? <laughs> but he is, but he but to go back to me, but I think he gets Sheffield United the same. But when but when uh, but when you've got is it uh, Johnny Lundstrom at Sheffield United playing a pass like that through splitting our splitting yeah, yeah. defence yeah. but then you've got Morgan Snyderland who can't pass a ball 10 yards forward the all he'll do is go back or play it to the side that's all he'll do that's, that's no, always that, been yeah. Snyderland's problem though no, he's too conservative yeah. he's a very very a tidy footballer you know he'll, he'll he'll very rarely lose the ball because he will just pass it 5-10 yards that's that's literally mm. what, what he'll do he'll never try and beat a man take a man on He'll he'll never try a defense split and pass. He's just he's just a tidy footballer and he's very good at what he does. But that's all he offers. But when but when Silver's only got him to call upon, well, there's your problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's there, what I'm saying. There, so there's your problem. He's unlucky. At the end of the day, I think we, we all know that Snyderland would have been out the door if we could have got um, the Watford guy in, um, the Corey. And I'm not saying he's setting the world alight because obviously Watford are doing terrible as well. But um, you know. Snyderland for me somehow found his way back into the starting lineup week after week when really he should be either out the door or at least fourth, fifth down the pecking order. Yeah. He's not um, a bad player. He just doesn't offer anything that we that we need Morgan, at the moment. Morgan Snyderland's the player that we should be bringing on to see a game out that we're winning one 0 yeah. to tidy that midfield yeah. up, and it's not he's starting games trying to trying to create something which he just can't do, and and. I'd love to know how many assists he's got in his entire career. He's only got one yeah. goal for us, hasn't he? I four, think so. any, four passes. You know, I want to see how many four passes. I, I bet you his pass completion rate is nearly a hundred percent. It wouldn't surprise me. It, like if, but it, but I'm gonna Google if that that's all. Sil- if that's all, Marco Silva's got to pick from. Then he's got to wait until he's got his midfield fit, which is full midfield fit. At the, at the same time, and I'm not banging the drum for Tom Davis because I'm not sure about him myself. He has got options in there in terms of if I again I'm not a football manager, but if I was, I'd be trying things different because you know what you get with Snyderland, so you know it's not going to work. So try something, even if it's something like okay, Davis is the obvious choice, but even trying to try and drop Gilfie Sigurdsson back or something, drop him back, yeah, drop him back yeah. into midfield because he can pass the ball and he's mm. good energy. And leave Tom Davis as the number ten. Well, exactly. Mm. Th- there's Although you haven't got the players there, good managers, great managers, 
find solutions. Look at Pep Guardiola, he lost all centre halves, puts Fernandinho at centre back. Mm. That that's that, what good managers do, though. They make the best of yeah. what they've got. That's my frustration though. I mean which one said experimenting before? I, mean, I, I can't I don't know whether I can completely agree with that, only because when things haven't gone to plan in the league, Sheffield United last week, okay, we, we went and beat Sheffield Wednesday, but for a game against City, he's kinda he hasn't experimented for me. He's he's literally reverted to type. He's literally gone um, back to Walcott, who we know, who will, you know... He's like the snarling of wingers, me, isn't he, basically? You know, for me, I'm going to give Silver a bit of credit. I think he's ta- tactically tried to outdo Pep uh, with that team. Mm. I don't think... I don't think he's reverted to type at all. I think he's thought these are going to have all the ball. And to be fair, the first twenty minutes they did. No, yeah, they, they, and, he, they and, did. and he and he and and I think his game plan was let's get these on the break and like let's. I get completely the, let's agree get, with that. Let's get at that dodgy defense. Yeah. But I don't think that's silver reverting to type. Mm. I don't think that's that at all. I think that's more. I liked him more trying to be a bit more astute with what he's got with what he's got around them in 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 his defense and. It's just hard look after 50 seconds. The game plan's out the window mm. because he's bringing on Alex Awobi, who doesn't track back. And that might not be, and that sound, that might not be Alex Awobi's game. That might just be. Does Walker track back? <laughs> he tracks back more, he tracks back more than. Because he, he, he put Richarlison out on the left. Richarlison would have helped out Dean and Walcott would have helped out um, Coleman. And the game plan's out the window. So he's bringing on Alex Awobi thinking, Christ, what do we do here? It, I'm surprised. No, we haven't spoke about this yet, but for me, why wasn't Bernard in the team or even on the bench? Was he Must injured? Was he injured or ill or something? Because if he's because if Bernard would have been perfect for that game because Bernard tracks yeah. back like like no one else and he makes that midfield keeps hold of well. the ball well, keep, as well. Keeps hold of the ball. Keeps hold of the ball. Drives forward and can pick a pass out. I don't. I don't disagree so with that. I'd love to know what. I'd love to know what. Yeah, the, there was, was no there was no reports to say he was injured, so I think he he was dropped. I agree with it. He probably would have been ideal for that game, but he hasn't played well, Bernard, has he? And you, you said no, no, he needs yeah. to be in the, mm. you need to be in the team on merit. Yeah. So we don't know what's happened in training. Bernard this week might have had a proper stinker. Walcott might have been at a blinder. Do you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> you don't know. You don't oh, know. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why that's why Walcott's in the team. But obviously you disagree with me. But I just think you know it's a it's a game against Man City. It's you know you haven't got really much to lose. So we just thought well, we'll just we'll just go back to the same old same old players. Whereas if we tried, I don't know, something a little bit different. I know you disagree with me on it. I just think if, if he'd have, if he'd have tried to be more expansive, I like a man. I like a manager who doesn't just stick to the, to the you philosophy. Know, philosophy. No, you, you and and you've got it. And, and in games like that against teams like that, you've got to try and change it round a little bit to accommodate that team so you can get the best out of your players because yeah. if, if we... you, your players yeah. you, you know if you come in with a philosophy and you want to change it then then fair enough but if you haven't got the players to fit that philosophy then you you fit your philosophy to, to those players at this current moment in time I mean to go back years ago it, it's happened plenty of times but look at what happened with David Moyes and um you know, the 4-5-1 with Marcus Benson and Tim Cahill. Look how successful that was. You're not telling me that David Moyes came to Everton and thought, I'm going to play a 4-5-1 and I'm going to have Tim Cahill and Marcus Bent as, you know, the, the first and second striker. There's no chance. He fell on that and thought, let's run with it because he knew it would be successful. Silver, like we've said, doesn't know his best team and he's, he's finding it very, very hard to pick 
what what he wants on a on a weekly basis because it changes every week. You you know, Everton fans like look forward to um, the starting lineup every week because we know it's going to be different. It's never been any different anyway. But we always say to ourselves, "What's the starting lineup going to be?" And when it comes in, it's like, "Oh, for God's sake!" Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, the last few games I've looked at the team and I've not been overwhelmed by it, to be honest. I think, you know, I wasn't too happy to see Theo Walcott in the start and 11 for the City game. Cause in, just in life? Just, well, generally, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be too harsh him because, you know, he'll probably score the winner in the next game after me saying this, but you know what I mean? It's, no, he won't, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he really won't, will he? No, and that's the thing, but I think the problem is we always see different players going in the team and all that for the start of the game. The tactics never change, and it's always like for like, even the substitutions. You know, if we look at the team sheet one week and he's got he's gone four four two and he's planning to sit the midfield deep and hit long balls, that's the sort of the sort of horses for courses approach I can kind of get behind. Different things in different games, but every week it's four three two four two three one. Sorry, with Sigurdsson behind the striker, he might change the striker week on week. He might swap a winger for a winger, but. But that's it, and there's no there's no sort of flexibility in that for me, and that's where he's, that's where do you know what, I think he's got to fall foul of it. Do you know what? Right? I don't know whether he's agree. Right? Do you know what I think Everton do massively wrong on a match day? Just don't win. That, but you <laughs> know when they, you know when they print you know when they print that team, don't put the formation. Yeah, but it's obvious though, isn't it? I know what you mean, but it's, it's because I think in fairness, in fairness, I think there's times this year when we have gone more a more four three three shape, but the team has been printed as. The, the yeah, I know what you mean. You print it in the formation, though. And, yeah. he, and, and you've already. I mean, to be fair, that team has been printed the same way now for the best part of four years. Apart from when Cumin put uh, Calvert Lewin at right wing back. Right wing back, yeah. Well, maybe you need to have a <laughs> word of the social you know, media. To you know, and media. for me, that already. And because there's been times I thought the Wofford game, I thought that was a more four-three-three. Sigurdsson was a bit deeper. If I remember uh, right, he's dropping the back Wofford to up the game, midfield. Yeah, I think the. Who did we play before Sheffield United? The Bournemouth game. I thought that was a bit different. Yeah. The way it was set. So you think he ha- he is being flexible then? I think he is. I just my problem is at the minute, I just don't think he knows his best team. That's the problem. And he and he hasn't got his best team available to him. Wolves, that was the other game I meant. Not not Bournemouth. Wolves. Wolves was the other one. He went at he started the Wolves, Richarlison and um Keane. And Moyes Keane. And we tore them apart. And that was the closest thing to like a proper four three three that I've seen. But the team that was printed was four two three one, and you don't believe it was. I don't believe it was. No, I, I think I think I think Everton fans and and we talked about crisis, crisis before. I think Everton fans are the first are the worst for like creating a crisis out of. Don't get me wrong, we're having bad form, but don't forget we went from December through to about February last year without winning a game near enough, right? If I'm if I'm honest, it's as much as I don't want it to be pressure, you know, fan pressure. Silver is under the cosh now. To get beat by Burnley, though, four games on the top in the league, he's lost. I'm I'm not saying I want him to go because I'm, I, like I said, I've said to you uh, off early, and I'm I'm indifferent on him at the moment. And that's what worries me the most. That I am indifferent. But we lose against Burnley, four league win, four league defeats in a row, and then West Ham, like you say, been flying. That's. You can't ignore that as much as you it, want to get behind them, really. I, I know, but at the same time, though, I mean, this is probably another question. I'm not sure if it's on the agenda or not. But the next, that the next question is, who will you get in? But my point is, is that I think Silver's trying to be as flexible as he can, but his hands are tired, and we've got to let him have his full team. 
seen I've seen a couple of people sensibly tweet um sensibly tweet that he needs that midfield, a fully fit midfield. At the end of the day, we tried to replace a dressing guy. We have done, and the lad's now been had a huge injury for his ass, so he's out for two to three months. That's terrible luck. That means our midfield's got pretty much zero protection now. You've got Delft running box to box, covering the job of two men because Schneiderland's not good enough to do it. Give the man a chance, and I think when he's got his fully fit team, I think you'll see a difference, Evan. I, I, I completely agree. I, the closest the closest thing to a fully fit team Marco Silva's had this mm. year was um, um, the Wolves game, minus Gabamon. I, I agree, but the, the the question is that, you know, we don't know when the likes of Gomez and uh, Gabamon, you know, there's been a a day put on the, the return, but mm. whether they're going to be fully fit and, you know, we keep, we're just hoping for Gabamon to come back as well. Like, let's face it, he didn't set the world alight in the first place anyway. Okay, we're going to give him time. He's going to probably need the season, but he's going to have to, for the time being, make the most of, of what he's got and that starts with Burnley on Saturday and if we do get beat against Burnley he said four defeats in a row we go into interna- into a, an international break um, not being able to put that defeat right we'll have to wait two weeks I would like to say West Ham um, at home that will that will be horrendous probably ten days won't it really it will, two weeks it will but my point is I'm not, my point is what you do, just sack him and start again. No, obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I know, I know, but, 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 and stuff but, like the, that. but the people who are saying that, though, what you do, just sack yeah. him and start again, because there will be massive calls, we, won't there, if we, we get beat against Burnley? Yeah, we, we've we've spoken we've spoken about this before. If Everton sack Marco Silva, there's two levels of like Everton fans. You've got the Everton fans who think in some weird reality that we're gonna be able to attract Mourinho and Simeone. We're not. Let's be honest. Let's be yeah, honest. We're not. That. Jose Mourinho do, will not manage Everton Football Club, right? He's probably he's he's ava- I know he's available. Unless we offer him stupid, stupid money, yeah. which we can't afford, he ain't coming. And he doesn't need the money, does right? he? He does exactly. So he's waiting for a bigger job. You know, I heard in, Real Madrid. I heard Real Madrid, yeah. and I heard Bayern Munich was sniffing around him as well in the summer. Blah blah blah. So he's not coming. We're not a top six team as much as we like to be. So we can't attract top managers. So you've got to go for the next bar down. And you look at the managers we've been linked with in the past. They're not exactly like... I don't think we're going to Neither be... Neither was Marco Silva. That was the problem, wasn't it? But yeah, I but it's yeah, all potential, though, isn't we're not, it? Like, that's we're not, what we're going for. We're not... We're not... You know, the talent pool isn't great. Eddie Howe keeps getting thrown out. If we get Eddie Howe, we might as well just... It, we're just going to be in exactly the same position in 18 months' time. The sensible option is, and, and the, sen- the sensible option is to stick up Marco Silva until it gets really, really bad, and we can't take it any further. Right, like, all right, Marco, it's not we'll working. It's chance. not, it's not working, is it, mate? He, but at the end of the day, he's had fourteen months on a job. Let's be perfectly honest. He's had fourteen months on a job with a team that struggled for the best part of four years. He's trying to turn things around. We're doing things in the transfer market, which haven't pulled off yet. But give these lads time; they're only young, anyways. So. You're just gonna if you sack Marco Silva now based off this start of the season, you're gonna be you're just gonna be end up back in, in the in the same position in eighteen months time with the same problems with the same personnel, and the fans will fume as soon as it starts to go wrong again. 
Well, Everton need stability. Everton had 11 years of stability under David Moyes. And after that, we had the rug pulled from underneath us and we've never really recovered since, let's face facts, we haven't. And we need to get back to a place where the fans, the ma- the players are confident in the manager and the fans are confident in the team. That You can go out there and at least if you're playing, let's say you're playing a top six club, at least if you're playing a top six club, one, you're going to give them a game and two, you're going to come away with at least a point. Like, let's get back Let's get back to basics now. We're, we're nowhere near top four. As much as we wanted that we banged on about it, we're nowhere near it. We're nowhere... It, it, it'd take a miracle to get us there. Let's... Let's try and push that top six and see what happens and be realistic for once instead of thinking that, you know, this is, you know... This is going to be our year, and we're going to we're going to change things around. And as soon as it goes wrong, we're going to sack a manager and start again. It hasn't worked. Didn't work under when we sacked Cumin. Didn't work when we sacked Martinez. It didn't work when we. Well, it's not worked so far since we sacked Allardyce. But we've got to stick with it. We've got to give him time. Um, and the first place he's going to do that is against Burnley. Uh, ben, so predictions for that? Um, go on. We'll nick it one nil. One nil. Positive. That's me hard saying that, not me head. But yeah, we'll nick it one nil. I think we'll nick it one nil. Yeah. I think I think it'll be. I think I think you'll get Moise Keane on the score sheet as well. Yeah, oh, man, no. I think we'll concede because we just we just look like we're leaking. So, but I'll go two one. It'll be positive. Do you know what? I think Marco Silva, Marco Silva was really astute against Burnley last year away. Um, he knew they were going to play um, the high ball because they had two two big centre halves, and he played three, he played three centre halves. Played Mina Keane and Zuma. If he played Mina, Keen, Mina, Keen, and um, Holgate, I wouldn't be against it. If they, you know, it, as long as we win, I don't care. Again, 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 that's back to him being flexible. He, he is flexible. He will change it round, and you know, I do. I think we'll nick it one 0 Okay, I hope you're right. Regardless of the score, I just hope it's a, an Everton <laughs> win. Um, three points in the bag, and Marco Silva still in the job. Um, for the foreseeable future. Um, we will be back with the Everton Fan Podcast on Wednesday the 9th of October. That's when we'll be back. So we will discuss the Burnley game. Obviously, there will be a, 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 an international break within within that period as well. But um, yeah, we'll discuss that. So to the guests, uh, Rob, Ben, thanks many for coming on. We'll have you back on soon enough. Thank you. Um, thanks for listening to The View from the Gallery Street Fan Podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.